Queen Elizabeth II said, Grief is the price we pay for love. Her much shorter and more easily remembered saying appears to be an adaptation of something Dr. Colin Murray wrote in his book about bereavement, titled Bereavement, Studies of Grief in Adult Life, where Dr. Murray said, The pain of grief is just as much a part of life as is the joy of love. It is perhaps the price we pay for love, the cost of commitment. To ignore this fact, or to pretend that it is not so, is to put on emotional blinders, which leave us unprepared for the losses that we will inevitably occur in our own lives, and unprepared to help others cope with losses in theirs. This is not exactly the opening one might be expecting this Sunday morning, when, from pulpits all across the United States, the first words being spoken by most this morning are, Happy Mother's Day. Yet they are words that are important to be heard. To ignore the reality of grief being directly tied to love is to, in the words of Dr. Murray, put on emotional blinders which leave us unprepared for the losses that we will inevitably occur in our own lives and unprepared to help others cope with losses in theirs. The sad truth is, at least within the United States, we do not talk about grief. We avoid grief. We deny grief. We pretend that grief does not exist until it forces itself upon us. A friend of mine, also a minister, and I spoke with one another early in the week. He told me about the many women he had spoken with who each expressed their dislike for Mother's Day. They had different reasons, but they all ran along the some variation of the following. For some, it was an inability to conceive. For others, pregnancies that miscarried. Some expressed deep-seated regrets over abortions which seemed the only choice at the time. Still others grieved over those children who died far too early in life. Finally, there are those that grieve for their children who, still alive, for some reason have fallen into a life that the mother wishes to pull the child from, whether it be drugs, crime, or some other self-destructive behavior. In our conversation, we talked about the reality that for these women, these grieving women, Mother's Day is a day of bitterness. That for these grieving women, the resources to assist them in their grief are few and far between. That because we as a culture avoid and deny grief, and we are therefore largely unprepared for the losses that will inevitably occur in our own lives, and unprepared to help others cope with their with losses in theirs, and so these women rarely know where to turn for comfort. As we spoke about these realities earlier this week, my friend told me that for Mother's Day, he would deliver a sermon titled, A Mother's Lament. All because, as a people, as a society, as a culture, we want the love that is happy, warm, and fuzzy. We want the love that never disappoints and never challenges. We want the love 
that always makes us feel good and never demands a sacrifice. We want a love that does not exist and then we project that fairy tale version of love onto God and people then say, God is love, followed by some nice sounding, but without substance, comment about love. When saying God is love, the person is saying, whether consciously or not, that person is saying God is happy, warm, fuzzy, never disappoints, never challenges, always makes me feel good, and never demands from me any sacrifice. When this is a person's understanding of God, they face a reality that not only are their friends unprepared for the losses that will inevitably occur in their own lives, and unprepared to help others cope with losses in theirs. But the same is true of the God that they think they know. This must be the ultimate point of despair, to think even your God is incapable of consoling your grief. Just as the description of love without challenges is false, the typical God is love understanding is false. And this is pointed out to us in our gospel passage this morning from the 15th chapter of the gospel according to St. John, beginning in verse 9 with the words, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. And then it ends in verse 17 with the words, These things I command you so that you will love one another. All sprinkled through the verses in between 9 and 17 are more words about loving one another. Most pronounced is Jesus stating, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. This is my commandment, that you want love one another as I have loved you. The majority of the words about love, almost every single verse in this compact passage, can be used to, or at least try to, affirm a happy, warm, fuzzy, never disappoints, never challenges, always makes me feel good, and never demands from me any sacrifice type of God. That is, if it were not for verse 13, right smack in the middle of this discussion about love. In verse 13, we read Jesus saying, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You see, love demands a willingness to sacrifice, a willingness to risk pain. Quite plainly, love is work. Jesus, in his comment about laying down one's life, was foreshadowing his own death, his perfect sacrifice for us, for all humanity, to know his love and to give us the opportunity to respond and receive his love, his grace, his mercy, his comfort in our grief, and to experience his joy. Now, as we are to imitate Christ, when we, are to command, when we are commanded to love one another, the meaning is that we are willing to sacrifice for the sake of others, to help bear one another's burdens, because this is true love. Jesus foreshadowed his death, his sacrifice, and on the day it happened, gathered at the foot of the cross, were, where Mary, who watched her son be brutally killed. Mary's sister, also named Mary, Mary the Magdalene, and John the beloved disciple. They were gathered there out of love, love for Jesus and love for one another, 
as they each experienced the grief of loss. The grief of a mother's loss, the grief over the loss of a dear friend, and the grief one feels when a friend is grieving. They joined together, laying down their lives for one another as they supported each other in their grief. And in their sacrificial love for one another, in their time of grief, they learned the mathematics of grief, that grief shared is grief divided. That in their love and support and the depth of their grief, they knew the fullness of God's love and their love for one another and could then know the truth of what Jesus promised as an outcome of sacrificial love when he said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Amen.